Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I'm reading today from a book called The Private Key to Heaven, written by Thomas Brooks, the English nonconformist preacher and writer who died in 1680. He's giving us, uh, he was giving us, 11 words of counsel that we finished last time, and then he says, I have now but one thing more to do before I shut up this discourse, and that is to lay down some means, rules, or directions that may be of use to help you on a faithful and conscientious discharge of this great duty of closet prayer. And therefore thus, A, take heed of a slothful spirit. First, as ever you would give up yourselves to private prayer, take heed of an idle and slothful spirit. If Adam, in the state of innocence, must work and dress the garden, and if, after his fall, when he was monarch of all the world, he must yet labor, why should any be idle or slothful? Idleness is a sin against the law of creation. God creating man to labor, the idle person, violates this law of creation. For by his idleness he casts off the authority of his Creator, who made him for labor. Idleness is a contradiction to the principles of our creation. Man in innocence should have been freed from weariness, but not from employment. He was to dress the garden by divine appointment, and the Lord God took the man, put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it, Genesis 2.15. All weariness in labor and all vexing, tiring, and tormenting labor came in by the fall. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. The bread of idleness is neither sweet nor sure. An idle soul shall suffer hunger, said Solomon. An idle life and a holy heart are far enough asunder. By doing nothing, saith the heathen man, men learn to do evil things. It is easy slipping out of an idle life into an evil and wicked life. Yea, an idle life is of itself evil, for man was made to be active, not to be idle. The Cyclops thought man's happiness did consist in doing nothing, but no excellent thing can be the child of idleness. Idleness is a mother's sin, a breeding sin. It is the devil's cushion on which he sits, and the devil's anvil on which he frames very great and very many sins. Look, as toads and serpents breed most in standing waters, so sin thrives most in idle persons. Idleness is that which provokes the Lord to forsake men's bodies and the devil to possess their souls. No man hath less means to preserve his body and more temptations to infect his soul than an idle person. Oh, shake off sloth. The sluggish Christian will be sleeping or idling or trifling when he should be in his closet or praying. Sloth is the green sickness of the soul. Get it cured or it will be your eternal bane. Of all devils, it is the idle devil that keeps men most out of their closets. There is nothing that gives the devil so much advantage against us as idleness. It was good counsel that Jerome gave to his friend, do some work so that the devil always finds you busy, that when the devil comes with a temptation, you may answer him that you are not at leisure. It was the speech of Mr. Greenham, a famous and painful preacher of this nation, painful meaning industrious, that when the devil tempted a poor soul, she came to him for advice 
how she might resist the temptation. And he gave her this answer, Never be idle, but be always well employed. For in my own experience I have found it when the devil came to tempt me, I told him that I was not at leisure to hearken to his temptations, and by this means I resisted all his assaults. Idleness is the hour of temptation, and an idle person is the devil's tennis ball tossed by him at his pleasure. He that labors, said the old hermit, is tempted but by one devil, but he that is idle is assaulted by all. Cupid, the Roman mythology person, the god of erotic love, Cupid complained that he could never fasten upon the muses because he could never find them idle. The fowler, the person who hunts birds for sport or food, bends his bow and spreads his net for birds when they are set, not when they are upon the wing. And so Satan shoots his most fiery darts at men when they are most idle and slothful. And this the Sodomites found by woeful experience, when God rained hell out of heaven upon them, both for their idleness and for their other sins which their idleness did expose them to. It was said of Rome that during the time of their wars with Carthage and other enemies in Africa, they knew not what vice meant. But no sooner had they got the conquest, but through idleness they came to ruin. Idleness is a sin not only against the law of grace, but also against the light of nature. You cannot look any way, but every creature checks and upbraids your idleness and sloth. If you look up to the heavens, there you shall find all their glorious lights constant in their motions. The sun rejoices as a strong man to run a race. The winds blow, the waters run, the earth brings forth her pleasant and delightful fruits. All the fish in the sea, fowls in the air, beasts in the field, and on the mountains have their motions and operations, all which call aloud upon man not to be idle, but active. Solomon sends the sluggard to the ant to learn industry. The ant is a very little creature, but exceeding laborious. Nature hath put an instinct into her to be very busy and active all the summer. She is early and late at it and will not lose an hour unless the weather hinder. And the prophet Jeremiah sends the Jews to school to learn to wait and observe of a stork, the turtle dove, the crane, and the swallow. Our Savior sends us to the sparrows and lilies to learn attendance upon providence. And let me send you to the busy bee to learn activity and industry. Though the bee be little in bulk, yet it is great in service. She flies far, examines the fields, hedges, trees, orchards, gardens, and loads herself with honey and wax, and then returns to her hive. Now, how should the activity of these creatures put the idle person to a blush. Sirs, man is the most noble creature, into whom God hath put principles of the greatest activity, as capable of the greatest and highest enjoyments. And therefore idleness is a forgetting man's dignity, a forsaking of that rank that God hath set him in, and a debasing of himself below the least and meanest creatures, who constantly in their order obediently serve the law of their creation. Nay, if you look up to the blessed angels above you, you shall still find them active and serviceable. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? 
and if you look down to the angels of darkness below you, oh, how laborious and industrious are they to destroy and damn your precious and immortal souls. For a close, remember that idleness is so great an evil that it hath been condemned and severely punished by the very worst of men. Among the Egyptians, idleness was a capital crime. Among the Lucans, he that sent money to an idle person was to lose it. By Solon's law, idle persons were to suffer death, and Seneca had rather be sick than idle. The Lacedaemonians called men to be account for their idle hours. Among the Corinthians, idle persons were delivered to the executioner. Antoninus Pius, being emperor, caused the roofs and coverings of all such houses as were known to receive an idle people to be taken away, affirming that nothing was more uncomely or absurd to be suffered than such idle caterpillars and slow worms to have their food and nourishment from that commonwealth in the maintenance of which there was no supply from their industry and labor, all which should steel us and arm us against sloth and idleness. I have the longer insisted on this, because there is not a greater hindrance to closet prayer than sloth and idleness. Slothful and idle persons commonly lie so long in bed and spend so much precious time between the comb and the glass, the mirror, and in eating, drinking, sporting, and trifling, that they can find no time for private prayer. Certainly, such as had rather go sleeping to hell than sweating to heaven will never care much for closet prayer, and therefore shun sloth and idleness, as you would shun a lion in the way, or poison in your meat, or coals in your bosom, or else you will never find time to wait upon God in your closets, B. Do not spend much time on the little things. Take heed of spending too much of your precious time about circumstantials, about the, the little things of religion as mint and anise and cumin, or in searching into the circumstances of worship, or in standing stoutly for this or that ceremony, and in the meanwhile neglecting the studying of the covenant of grace, or about inquiring what fruit was that of that Adam ate in paradise, or inquiring about the authors of such and such books, whose names God in his infinite wisdom hath concealed, or in inquiring what God did before the world was made. When one asked Augustine that question, he answered that he was preparing hell for such busy questionists as he was. It was a saying of Luther, from a vainglorious doctor, from a contentious pastor, and from unprofitable questions, may the good Lord deliver his church. It is one of Satan's great designs to hinder men in the great and weighty studies and duties of religion by busying them most about the lowest and least matters of religion. Satan is never better pleased than when he sees Christians puzzled and perplexed about those things in religion that are of no great moment or importance such as negotiate and trade in religion more for a good name than a good life, for a good report than a good conscience, for to humor others than to honor God, such will take no pleasure in closet duties, such as are more busied about ceremonies than substances, about the form of godliness than the power, 
and such will never make it their business to be much with God in their closets, as is evident in the scribes and Pharisees. Such as are more taken up with the outward dress and garb of religion than they are with the spirit, power, and life of religion, such will never affect to drive a secret trade heavenward. There cannot be a surer nor a greater character of a hypocrite than to make a great deal of stir about little things in religion, and in the meanwhile neglect the great and main things in religion. Such as these have all along in the scripture discovered a strangeness and a perfect carelessness as to closet duties. I never knew any man hot and zealous about circumstantials, about the little things of religion, that was ever famous for closet prayer. Amen. That was Thomas Brooks. Thomas Brooks, the private key to heaven. Next time we'll go on with his directions to prayer. The next one will be take heed of curiosity. Let's see what that's about. Thank you for listening. Do look around the site. We've got hundreds and hundreds of audios featuring some of the church's great preachers, persecution stories, life stories of great Christians, Bible studies on a number of subjects. And then my books are at Amazon.com if you're interested in that. And we have Zoom meetings. Just contact me at bob.j.faulkner.72 at gmail.com and I'll tell you about those. And finally today, I want to keep reminding you every day that we do have a new thing going on. It's at hackberryhouseofchosen.com. It's a new website. It's based on the website you're on right now. I've just taken my some of my better audios, the ones that I thought were more important, that is, put them in a separate website and attached to that at the very top is your connection to what I'm calling Hackberry Radio. That's where uh, various uh, different recordings will come to you, uh, again, right here from Sermon Audio, but uh, in jumbled order so that you have to uh, make a decision. Do I want to follow up on this? And if you do, if you want to see some of the other portions of that series that you happen to run into, then you go back to this site and, and look it up. Uh, but we're excited about this being something very important for some people. It's not for everybody, but some people are going to be blessed by this. I hope that you will go look at it, give me some uh, ideas about it, and if you like it, pass it on to other people. This will be a real blessing to this old guy. God bless you. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. And uh, Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.